This is Surgication, surgical education for parents. We are here to inform, inspire, connect, and heal. Plagiocephaly, Surgication, Episode 11. Dr. Gary Rogers, Chief of Plastics and Reconstructive Surgery, Children's National Hospital. Hi, my name is Michael Petrosian. I'm your host. Welcome to Surgication. Today, we have a privilege of having Dr. Gator Rogers as our guest. He's a chief of pediatric plastics and reconstructive surgery. Today, we're going to talk about plagiocephaly, flood head. And I know a lot of parents and they're concerned and there are various treatments. And today, I've invited him to talk about it and explain to us what is plagiocephaly and what parents need to know. Welcome to Surgication. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. So plagiocephaly, actually plagiocephaly itself is actually flattening up one side. So it's from the Greek, it means skew head, oblique head. So plagio is kind of the flat, it's kind of a generic term people throw out there. So people say flathead syndrome. There's all kinds of stuff ascribed to this, but plagiocephaly itself is actually where the flattening is up one side, not across the back. Flattening across the back is called brachycephaly. So brachycephaly, brachy means short in Greek and wide. And so what you end up having is a head that is broader and a little bit shorter front to back. And then there's every variation in between. So really this depends on how the infant is laying during the first few months of life. If they're laying way over to the side here, they tend to have flattening that is up the side or plagiocephaly. If they lay more in the middle, that ends up being brachycephaly and then every variation. So essentially the same sort of a combination of different versions of same pathogenesis. And if you like, if you take all comers that lay on their back, so I've had four kids, none of my kids got flat. We did nothing different. I didn't move them around or reposition them or do tummy time with it. We did nothing. None of my kids are flat. My brothers, all their kids are flat. And so the question is why? And, and 25% of kids who lay on their back get flat. So it's not that their heads are soft or that there's something inherently bad about back sleeping. It's that these kids have some underlying predisposing risk factor for getting flat. If you want to look at those, the three big ones are torticollis, which is probably 95% of that. That's a muscle imbalance of the sternocleidomastoid muscles, one side being tight, one side being when loose. When the neck is twisted, sort of. The neck is twisted. The classic posture is like, is this, where the head's tilted to one side and the chin rotated to the other. But it can be any variation. It can, it can be from minimal amount of uh, neck imbalance all the way up to fibrotic muscles that never get better. And we end up doing surgery to release those and everything in between. So, But that tendency to go to one side, that imbalance drives the kids, these prone kids, to with, keep their head in one position. So parents will often tell you, they go in and try to move the head over, kid goes right back to the same side, and just keep doing that. So that's why repositioning for kids Helps. that are prone to, well, that's why repositioning is difficult. So if you're a parent and you take you go in every hour and turn your child's head to the side and they have torticollis, five minutes later, their head is right back in the same spot. So repositioning in kids that have torticollis, in my experience, is not very effective. Um, and that's one of the problems with the current AAP recommendations is repositioning tummy time, early therapy. The therapy will help torticollis. And if you can move the neck, we're talking about physical therapy, physical therapy. So if you can turn the head and move the head, you know, and stretch the neck out, the idea is that you might release those muscles earlier and get the child to start moving well and not have that, that side bias. The, the big problem we run into with physical therapy is that often it needs to be identified by the pediatrician. And so a lot of pediatricians don't pick that up until the kids are three or four months of age. By then, the head shape is already determined. There's studies that show that up to four months is when you flatten. And after four months, the flattening stops because now kids are moving. They have independent motion. So is there something that parents did to cause this? Obviously, there's nothing. But so this is a reassurance for parents that we don't know why it happens. Some kids are predisposed. 
And there's actually treatment for this. Yes. And torticollis, so torticollis, the predisposing, if you look at the risk factors for plagiocephaly and torticollis, they're almost identical. I've written papers on this. So oligohydramnias, multiple births, larger children, firstborns, males, all of these risk factors end up really, be, all these are really packaging issues in utero, right? They, so the, it's a packaging problem. So a torticollis, imagine getting crammed into maternal pelvis like this two or three weeks. So say it's one week. You may have a little bit of tightness. Say it's five weeks, you may have more tightness. Say you're crammed in with a twin or a triplet, okay? Now you're in there the whole time. And if your head is put in this position, this muscle may tighten. This muscle is now stretched and is looser. You come out and lo and behold, you have this, this, this neck issue. So um, th- those risk factors, so it's nothing a parent does, but it ha- may have to do with a maternal pelvis. It may have to do with other issues, but it's essentially a packaging problem in utero that ends up, turning into a flathead problem after the fact. And that's because when you come out of the pelvis and you lay a child on a flat mattress, which is recommended, right? Nice, flat, firm mattress, their head will eventually take on the shape. If they're not redistributing the point of contact, their head will take on the shape of whatever they're laying on. It's Newton's law, right? There's equal and opposite forces. So as they lay there and the head keeps growing, it can't grow through the bed. It grows along the bed. It's analogous to how a pumpkin flattens in a field. I see. So you can't put a if you put a pumpkin in a glass or a bowl in a it'll bowl, be around. right? And that was that was the and the, so there's a lot of little uh, going back to thousands of years ago in you know India and Pakistan little millet seed. Somebody realized if you put your child on a, on a hard floor or on a surface that they will get flat. So people have built these little donuts that have been used for centuries, uh, and the idea was to create some kind of concavity so that the the head would not be less against a flat surface, but maybe a more concave surface. And, and those things are, there's tons of those pillows. When I go to Amazon, you'll find hundreds and hundreds of those things on the, on the market. Well, good news is they, there, are treat, there is treatment for plagiocephaly yeah, or yeah. flathead. What about the helmets? I've seen a lot of helmets that are in market and kids wear them and parents like them. Uh, what, is the, what is the correct age for the helmets? Right. Is there a certain age that parents need to inquire for helmets? And uh, is there, um, what is the success rate of helmets? So, Helmet success rates have varied in studies or studies out of Europe that suggest... Obviously, it has to do with the, uh, with the compliance, I'm assuming. With the compliance, with how well the helmet's made. So if a helmet does... The, the idea with a helmet is to hold the areas that have overgrown. So, so we'll go back to the pumpkin analogy. We now have a flat spot and have areas that overgrew conceptually and areas that undergrew. You hold the areas that have overgrown and you expand the area, allow the area that's flat to expand out. And so... The helmet was devised in 1979 by a guy named Sterling Claren, and his idea, the whole conception of it was exactly that, is if the bed can flatten the back out and allow this to overgrow, then we hold this and let the back grow back out again. And they do work effect. I think if they're designed properly and they're used consistently, they work extremely well. Is there any other products in the market that um, similar to helmet and but parents can use early? I know you had some product that you'll be working on. Why don't you tell us about it? We do. So, you know, when, when, I, when I was uh, a young attending at Boston Children's, seeing litanies of patients coming in with, with handfuls of pillows and things that they had tried to use, uh, we started working on a different concept to see if we could create a surface that would not only just be a, a, an isolated single size surface, but something that would expand over time. And it also had the shape. One thing with the pillows and little millet seed things is they don't have the shape of an occiput. So the head is going to grow into the form of whatever you put it against. So what you don't want to do is put it into a form that doesn't look like a normal occiput. 
So we created a custom-made implant, custom-made uh, uh, block that was effectively foam that was cut out with a little skid on it. And that became the first version of what we now have called the perfect noggin. So this was the, this was a custom-made device. We studied it. We wrote a paper on it showing that versus repositioning and therapy. And there was no, no question that worked better than doing standard repositioning physical therapy for, for head uh, asymmetry. Um, the problem with that device was that this had to be custom contoured every week. And so that became arduous for parents. And we ended up having to come up with a different design, which is a layer design we have now, which is the perfect noggin. So we, we created this, I have one here just showing it this device, which you know has multiple layers. And these are, so the shape of this is a nice, this is a nice soft foam, but it's firm, just like a helmet would be. And this has a contoured surface that's effectively built off the back of a normal infant occiput. So I study this, we do shape analysis here, and this is built on that kind of idea. And I, I went through and redesigned this entire thing, but this has multiple layers that goes from 11 inch head circumference all the way up to 17 and a half inch head circumference. So you can literally accommodate a child from birth until four months of age. Now, four to five months of age, they start rolling, getting head control. They're not going to get flat. So if you can get through the first four months of life without flattening, you're never going to get flat in a normal, healthy term child. Wonderful. And this is basically, you can use this under the bed sheets. And it's not, it's not something, because I know um, American Academy of Pediatrics does not recommend any additional things in the bed. Soft things. To- soft things, yeah. toys or pillows. Right. This is nothing but... Not soft, actually. No, it's not. It's, it's pretty it's, hard. It's a, right, and and, it's, and the foam surfaces are are soft enough, but this is not like a like a fabric or something where you're going to go face down. In fact, we have aeration holes in it. Uh, it's firm, so it is effectively like a mattress topper rather than a repo- a repositioner. Is something that people get confused about. Repositioner is something that holds an infant in place. So there there are, there are things that like wedges where people are up on the side, and they did have deaths where they would put two or three week old kids on these wedges and then they would roll out and go face down. So most of the deaths you read about are bolsters, soft bolsters and repositioning devices. This is neither child can move on this thing, can move freely. There's no, nothing restraining them. And, and this is not a soft surface at all. As you, these are the kinds of things that the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends against. <laughs> so yeah, these so are, so these are sold in Amazon and we do not recommend purchasing this because these are not recommended. These are dangerous to be having a bed, very soft, and one. totally not recommended. Look we do so not does, recommend Does this, this look like the back of your occiput? I mean, not, I would argue that that looks nothing not like yeah. it. And the idea, this is actually a very popular one. This is baby move. This, 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 this pillow does two things. If you're successful in getting your child to lay in this head like this. It restricts the breathing. You're, you're going to flex your neck because yeah. the occiput is about an inch and a half off the back of the neck. So what happens is this, the, if you look at any of the pictures, kids are positioned just like, like even in their own, Stuff you can see, this child's chin is right to the chest. Yes. <laughs> That's not a safe position for. Yeah, breathing. we don't endorse any of these products, nor we recommend having them or purchasing them. No. So, and these are soft. This is a soft bolster. This is actually something yeah. that the AAP would go. Blaze. There's uh, other products on the market. I'm going to go through some of these. Cause I think they're useful to talk about and why they're different. Uh, you know, these all lay in the bed. They're again, these. Are, this is a true pillow, kind of a soft pillow. This is a mattress. Same, same issue. That's not what your occiput is shaped like. Correct. Chin. Contrast that with this, which is, yeah. that's, that's what your shape of, that's a shape of an infant head. And then you have things like this, another same idea. These yeah, are same I've seen things. this in car seats as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you put that in. The problem with this again is if you're in a car seat and you're laying on a flat surface and the infant occiput jets out like this, you'll end up, you see the kids flex like this, their, their heads are in. So when I was a parent, you know, we had, oh, I'm a parent, but when I had four kids early on, we'd be 
putting our hand back there, trying to keep their head stuck against the car seats. So they wouldn't be laying like this and not breathing. So these are not, I, I, my personal opinion is these are not useful. There's really no data to suggest any of these actually work either. Uh, and, and they're not particularly safe. So that's what's different about the product. This is firm. This is level. Their neck and head are in neutral alignment. They can move freely in this device. And it just fits in. This actually fits in the bed on the mattress that you have normally or a bassinet. And you just plop it down, put them in it. And guess what? No repositioning, no worrying about uh, head getting flat. They will not get flat in this device. I think what's attractive to this advice is you can use it early on. It's not, you don't have to wait till to get to the helmet age. So you can use it early on and hopefully you don't, you wouldn't need the helmet later on in life. Oh, that's the purpose of having this early. Probably on. wouldn't. And I know exactly right. So I think if you can, you, again, you can't get, fl- the, the reason you get flat is because you're laying against a flat surface. You can't get flat in a bowl. So if you grow the pumpkin in a bowl, the pumpkin will just continue Correct. to look around. And so the idea here is to get them past that four month window where they can flatten and have them with a nice shape. If you can keep a child in this, which most people can, if you swaddle them, or even if you don't swaddle them, uh, their head shape will come out nice and round at four months. That's for sure. Awesome. We've actually studied this and we have peer review papers to show that it works. Is this a product currently available and parents can purchase this? Yeah, this is online. Uh, you can go to Amazon. Amazon. It's also on the website. We have a www.theperfectnoggin.com, which is, uh, I, you know, either one is a good source for this and uh, people can buy it and it has instructions uh, that come with it. It tells that we, I, I'm accessible to parents, so I'd keep my you know, email open and, and I know uh, you have also a blog about the noggin th- stuff that you write some, I do. sometimes I, about I have the noggin doctor.com. Yeah, we'll, we'll left, we'll leave that in the comments section of the, of the video as well as the Great. podcast. Um, but the, the lesson learned from four parents is that plagiocephaly or flathead is, is a treatable condition. Yes. Nothing to worry about. Uh, it's not something they did or repositions. Some kids are predisposed to develop this condition. Correct. There's a treatment for it. Yes. Okay. Early and late treatment. Correct. Early and late treatment. Well, we know we have an early treatment that Dr. Rogers came up with, and as well as the late treatment, which if you miss that early on treatment, there's always helmets that most parents use. It's good to have access to that as well. Yeah. And helmets are, helmets are a choice. I I tell parents when they come to the office that it's something, no one has to have a helmet. People say, do I need a helmet? My advice is, do you want a helmet? It's not, it's not a necessity. And so most people would think that as, as you get bigger, so asymmetry on the back of the head that stops at four months, as you grow and widen, and then, of course, you start looking at people not from the top down, from the back, it looks better with time. There's no doubt that plagiocephaly looks better with time. The question is, how thick is your skin as a parent to sit and watch that while it, while it uh, improves? And, and that's, that's the problem. There's been studies where they've looked at kids five or six, months, five or six years of age who had plagiocephaly early on, and over half the parents still notice the flattening. So the idea that it all works out is not true. 56% of parents said my kid is still flat and the flattening still there. Is it a social problem? A minority of you know, parents said it was, but the fact is over half of them. It still, doesn't go away basically. Would you say? It doesn't go. I have plenty of pictures on the website, the noggin doctor. This is well known. There's actually studies with looking at CT scans coming through emergency rooms or people have looked at the objective measures, right? Just CTs done for trauma, that kind of stuff. 13 to 18 year old kids, those are fully grown. Their head is fully grown. Over 12% of them have clinically measurable and, and clinically significant plagiocephaly. So the idea that this is something that the pediatricians often think is it goes away on its own. Certainly it looks better. I mean, this looks worse than that. Widen it. And that looks better than this. But the idea that it somehow goes away all on its own is not, not factual. 
Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Rogers, for being here and uh, helping us understand plagiocephaly. Those of you who are interested can go to perfectnoggin.com website. Also, uh, uh, on Amazon, the product is available. And there's an email for Dr. Rogers. You can, uh, he's very accessible, and he can answer all the questions that those parents uh, with, who have kids with plagiocephaly can inquire. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank have you. a great day. Thank you.